All right. I guess I'm up. So uh, we're having a little issue with our sound, as you could tell, and um, here we are. So we'll fix it before the next service. If you want to hang out and figure out or and see how that was supposed to happen, you can stay around for our 11 o'clock service, um, and hopefully it'll, uh, it'll, be, it'll be better. So are you guys good? Man, what a full house this morning. You guys, you guys look good, and uh, we're working on sounding good. So... Um, so last week I began, by the way, if you're new here, my name is Adam Harold, and my gorgeous wife Tanya and I have the privilege. She's the one, you can tell she's the brains behind the outfit because she's trying to figure things out in the back with, with some other great, uh, smart, sound people, and um, they're professionals, I'm just telling you that. So um, anyway, if you're new here, there's a card in front of you, fill it out, drop it in, our, in, your black bo- in the black box on the way out. And I will send you a card in the mail to say thank you. I had like 15 cards to fill out last week. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. And I filled all of them and my hand still hurts. So, um, but this morning we're in week two of a series that I'm calling Spiritual Growth Chart. Spiritual Growth Chart. And in the Spiritual Growth Chart, um, there are five phases that happens um, Last week, I talked about how this is a series where we're standing up against the wall with the ruler and we're measuring ourselves to see where we're at in our spiritual journey. How many of you, your parents, your mom, your grandmother had a ruler? She would get you out every time, the same time every year, um, and, and she'd mark your progress. And if you stayed in the same house long enough to see where you were last year, like I didn't, right? Um, then you, get, you could see where, where you, how much you had grown. Well, this series is, isn't about physical growth, but it's about spiritual growth. And what's interesting about spiritual growth, and, and I was really thinking about this this week, and the, the thing that's interesting about spiritual growth is it doesn't happen naturally. It happens intentionally. It doesn't happen naturally. It happens intentionally, meaning you have to be intentional with where you want to go. And hopefully you see some things in this series of somewhere that you want to go. And, and listen, <laughs> you, might, you might hear some things along the way. You might be like, you know what? I don't know if I ever want to get there. I used to like to run. I said I used to. Like I, would, like I ran for, um, for fitness. Uh, I know it, it doesn't look like it now, but... I, I, and I used to say to myself, you know, I, I think on my bucket list, I'd love to run just a half marathon someday. That's no longer on my bucket list. <laughs> like, I have no desire to run 13.1 miles. Like, I just have no desire. So, some of you runners afterwards might be like, you should come running with me. And I'll be like, I'm good. Like, right? So along this journey in this, in this, this spiritual growth chart, you may see somewhere you're like, I don't. I don't know that I want to, to get there. I believe that God wants us to get there. And the fact of the matter is, if I believe that God wants me to run 13.1 miles, eventually I'm going to do it, right? And so we want to help inspire you, encourage you to grow in your spiritual journey. And last week we talked about how everyone starts at the same place. Everyone starts at the same place, and you might have been surprised that that place was D-E-A-D, dead. We all start spiritually 
dead. Even babies that are conceived are spiritually dead. And I talked about how um, the innocence of kids is so important because when kids are still innocent and unable to place their faith in Jesus, I really believe that the blood of Jesus covers them and that they are with him in heaven if they've passed before they were, their, their innocence was gone. That's why we have to protect our kids' innocence. And so we talked about how everyone is spiritually dead. If you miss um, everyone that has ever existed, starts out spiritually dead. If you missed that message, you go to refugemain.church slash messages. You can listen to it there. Um, or you can, and, and for today's message, you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. Um, if you want to follow along today with all of today's notes, they are available in YouVersion. So the five phases of spiritual, um, of spiritual growth. Number one, we're dead. Number two, we're infants. We're talking about being spiritual infants today. Number three, we become spiritual children. So from, from dead to infant to child to young adult to parent. Those are the five phases of spiritual growth that we're talking about in this series. So let me give you a definition for spiritual infant this morning, what I'm talking about. In the spiritual infant phase, people have accepted Jesus. That spirit is alive inside of you. You've accepted Jesus, but you haven't moved much past that point. They can be new believers, or they may have just been a stagnant believer that's been stuck in the infant phase for a while. Life is generally all about them in, and their needs in this phase. By the way, this is where I get to give my plug for April the 30th. If you've never been water baptized, I believe that um, the best way, one of the best ways to start to advance towards being a spiritual child is, is by being water baptized. That this is where we identify with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. This is where we begin to understand what it means to live in our identity. How many of you know that babies don't live in their identity? right? They, they live in your identity. In fact, they live in your identity so much that they go, oh, your baby. How's your, like, and people don't even see you anymore because they see your baby. They're living in your identity, right? And so, so it's so important for us to understand who we are in Jesus. And that's why uh, we do water baptisms. And so if you want to sign up, you can sign up um, at baptisms or scan the QR code on your way out this morning. The Bible has a lot to say about being a spiritual infant. I want to read for you some scriptures this morning, and I want to give you some, I'm going to give you some opinions this morning, but I'm also going to give you some, some truth. Um, before we do all that, I want to ask God to uh, speak through me. Let's do that. Father, um, I invite you into this conversation of what it means to be um, on this journey towards spiritual growth. And Father, I pray that there are people in this room that 
that would, would sit here this morning and say, I identify as a spiritual infant and I need to grow towards being a spiritual child this morning. Lord, for those that have moved on in their journey towards being a young adult, maybe they're a young adult, and maybe it's time for them to come alongside of a spiritual infant and to walk with them, to help them know who they are. Father, there's a lot of voices in this room right now. And Lord, I pray that your voice would be the most important but it would also be the loudest so that we can hear it and understand it. Lord, I pray that you would speak clearly today to our hearts so that we can grow in you. That's our desire. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, I love services that there are technical difficulties because I'm like, bring it on, Satan. You don't got a chance today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4 says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to a church in a city called Corinth. It's called the Church of Corinth. He's saying, I can't address you as spiritual people, meaning I can't address you as people that have matured. He goes on, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. What happens when we accept Jesus, that spirit comes alive inside of us, but there's still a flesh that, is, that God allows to live. And what happens is a lot of times you think it as a, good, as, as a conscience, but what it is, is it's the spirit versus the flesh. And oftentimes, as followers in, of Jesus, because you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are a Christian, but you still wrestle with your feelings. Because, why did I say your feelings? Because your flesh feels things. And, and oftentimes we have to understand, and the reason we need people to come alongside of us and help us grow in our journey of knowing Jesus is because there is so much confusion about what is Jesus and what isn't. Paul talks about it in Colossians. We're going to get there, but not yet. So keep reading. Verse 2, I fed you with milk. That's what you do for babies. You feed them with milk, not solid food. For you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not yet Ready. So, listen, some of you guys aren't ready to go to that child face. You're not ready yet. Verse 3, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, I love that he points out some, some feelings there, right? Though there is jealousy and strife among you, among you are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Isn't this just what, isn't this just what humans do? Is it like, don't you just, don't you just feel jealous and, and strife? Isn't, isn't that just a, a, the natural human tendency? The natural human tendency is to be jealous. But 
the spirit of God alive in, inside of you doesn't, isn't jealous, but it's celebratory. It celebrates others. So verse four, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? And what happens with babies is they, your identity is them, but, but they identify with you, right? It's like what happens with, with babies is their identity is in their parents. Like they depend on you for everything. That brings me to today's big idea. If I had one thing I want to communicate to you today, it's this one thing. You can write it down if you want to. You can put it in your notes on your cell phone if you want to. There's no judgment with people typing on your phones. We don't do that here. The big idea for today is spiritual infants still depend on other people to feed them. Spiritual infants still depend on other people to feed them. This last uh, Thursday, my wife got a text message uh, from, from a good friend of ours, from, from Ashley. Ashley and her husband, Zach, uh, just had a, a baby boy whose name is Abbott. And uh, we love baby Abbott. We always say his name that way, I feel like. And he's a stud. Like, he is, he is a stud. And there are, like, we've got so many babies in the refuge, and I absolutely love, I think babies are a sign of good church health. And, um, and so babies are, are fantastic. So uh, Ashley um, texts Tanya, and it was an invitation. Hey, we're going to get Abbott's first ice cream tonight. He just turned seven months old. And so you bet, bet your bottom dollar we were there, right? Where are we going? And so we all, we, we went out to, um, to get ice cream for Abbott's first ice cream. Now, I had a little judgment for Ashley because she gave him sherbet. It wasn't ice cream. <laughs> so yes. Pastor Adam had to make sure that he had some of his ice cream, right? So I made sure that he had ice cream because I thought we were getting Abbott ice cream, not sherbet. <laughs> you can... <laughs> So we're there getting Abbott ice cream. And would you know that Ashley didn't get him a waffle cone? <laughs> like, I, when I was invited, I thought she was going to give him a waffle cone. Or, or at least a brownie sundae. Right? And, and didn't hand it to him and say, here, buddy, go to town. No. In fact, she gave him hers. And I gave him his, mine, and someone else gave him his. And you, we, didn't, we didn't just let him go to town. You know why? Because he's still an infant. We had to feed him. And when you become a believer in Jesus, it's the same exact way. You need to be fed. And, and so, that, so that you can grow to the point where you know what's good and what's not. So you know what's good for you and what's not good for you. 
But you have to have people that come alongside of you. And what Paul is saying is you're still infants because you still identify with the person that's been feeding you. You still identify with Paul. You still identify with Apollos. And as a pastor, I hope that none of you identify with Adam Harold. My goal is for you to identify in Jesus and only Jesus. But some of you only come to get fed on Sundays. Do you know how long an infant lasts only eating milk once a week? They don't make it to being a child. We have to find ourselves feeding our, like, feeding along the week, because I'm, I'm really careful in how I say this. Because you still need people. Infants still need people, and they still need to be fed by others. But they can't identify with the one that, that's putting the spoon in their mouth. And they need someone that's going to come alongside of them and going to teach them and show them who Jesus is. And as you learn who Jesus is, you learn who you are and you grow in the journey of becoming a spiritual parent someday. But you have, you have to have someone that comes alongside of you and fosters your growth. So spiritual growth and physical growth are completely, um, they're, they're, like I use them as an analogy, but they're really different. Because a baby's gonna naturally grow. They're gonna naturally become a toddler. I'm sorry, mom and dad. Eventually they're gonna, Ashley, Zach, I'm sorry, Abbott's gonna be a toddler soon. You can't stop the physical growth. But in the spiritual journey, you can stop the spiritual growth. So we need other people that have developed the discipline of spiritual growth to come alongside of us and say, hey, have you been baptized yet? Maybe, maybe it would be a good decision to, to be baptized, to show people who you are in Jesus so that you can start to believe who you are in Jesus. So you can start to understand what that means. So you can grow. I hope you're here this morning because you want to grow. No matter where you are in your journey. Because we never stop growing. We never stop growing. But we need people to come alongside of us. This is why my pastor looked at me when I first met him. And he goes, Adam, who's your pastor? And I said to him, my dad's my pastor. And he goes, well, that's good. My dad was my pastor too. Who's your pastor? You know what he was saying? Who's fostering your spiritual growth? Your dad, a lot of times, if I can stick with the analogy, he fosters your physical growth and your growth into becoming a man, right? <laughs> but who's fostering your spiritual growth? Every, I need a pastor. You need a pastor. The person sitting next to you needs someone to, to walk alongside of them and help them grow spiritually. It doesn't happen naturally. Hebrews chapter 5 talks about it doesn't, it doesn't stop 
was someone else helping you. Eventually, you have to help somebody else. Verse five, uh, chapter 5 of Hebrews 11, uh, 5, 11 through 14. There is much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things of God's word. You know what he means by the basic things of God's word? The milk. Anytime scripture talks about milk or, or basics, it, it's talking about milk being the most basic need. It's talking about being an infant. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. We need people to come alongside of us and train us so that we can know the difference in right and wrong. I love the progression here. You should be teaching other people, but you're not ready for that because you don't have the basics down yet. Because you haven't conquered the milk that you've been consuming enough to move on to solid food. We need training for that. And here's where I want to give you a little bit of my opinion. I'm just, I, listen, if I'm going to get on a soapbox, I want to tell you ahead of time I'm going to get on a soapbox. This is a planned soapbox, not a rabbit trail that I'm, I'm chasing. It's my opinion that the American church today is full of spiritual infants. And I don't want the refuge church to be just a bunch of babies. I want us to grow so that we're bringing other people into the kingdom of God, so that we're training them and showing them what's right from wrong. But it requires training. It requires growth. My opinion is that there's three reasons. I, I, only, I didn't want to stay on my soapbox for too long, so I only came up with three reasons. There's a lot more. Three reasons why I believe the American church is f full of infants. Number one, most people are only getting fed on Sundays. Number two, most pastors are insecure enough to allow you to identify in them and not Jesus. Most pastors are willing to be the only person to feed you and not welcome other people in to feed you, not allow someone else in the congregation to feed you, to walk alongside of you, and to help you understand the scriptures. I, I hope and pray that I'm not the only person that's helping you understand the scriptures. Number three, the third reason why is because the church doesn't know how to train people to know who Jesus really is. Meaning that they don't, know how to train people to see who Jesus really is. And we're working on some things to, to create 
better pathways and helping you be trained in, in your growth towards being a spiritual parent because it requires training. That's why you need to be in a small group and that's why you need to be discipled. You need someone walking with you. Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go, grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. There's a lot of empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense out there today. That come from human thinking and not from spiritual powers of this world. Rather than from Christ, verse 9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Because you're unified with Jesus, you are the fullness of God. That's who you are when you come to know Christ. That's why you have to be willing to grow so that you can continue to be just like him. I've got three reasons that I feel like this message is really important this morning. Number one, we all need a solid foundation. We all need a solid foundation. I love the word imagery that Paul uses in verse 6. Let your roots grow deep down. But where do they grow deep down? In him. He said, let your roots grow deep down in Jesus. Jesus is your foundation. But you have to have someone alongside, come alongside of you and say, hey, man, your foundation is looking pretty shaky right now. Are you focused on how you feel or are you focused on what Jesus says about you? They, they get captured by empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense, the writer of Colossians says, Paul says. He's like, when, you're, when, you're, when your foundation is, is shaky, it's easy to get caught up in believing things that sound good. They sound true even but they're just high-sounding nonsense. And if we don't have people coming alongside of us, assuring our foundation, we'll collapse. Number two, Satan is competing for souls. One, we all need a foundation. Two, Satan is competing for souls. Again, there's a lot of high-sounding nonsense out there. There's a lot of, a lot of, Empty philosophy, if you will. We have to have other people in our lives that show us God's word and say, show it to me here. Show it to me here. If, if you believe it's true, show it to me here. Or 
someone that's, a lot, that, that's willing to come alongside of us and say, let me read this for you. Where does that say that you're supposed to be that way? Show it to me here. Let me see it in scripture. There's a lot of things that make us feel good that's being taught by the world. But Paul says they're only human. Have you ever heard the term virtue signaling? Virtue signaling, according to Cambridge Dictionary, I believe says a lot of what goes on in our world today. Virtue signaling is an attempt to show other people that you are a good person. For example, by expressing opinions that will be acceptable to them, especially on social media. That's why virtue signaling is a big deal, because it's on social media. Like, this is what we do on social media. We show people how good we are. Indicating that one has virtue merely by expressing disgust or favor for certain political ideas and cultural happenings. And so what happens is there's something, an event that takes place in our world, and everyone goes to say how good they are because that was so wrong. And we broadcast how good we are. You know what the Bible says? Romans 3.10. As the scriptures say, no one is good. No one is righteous, not even one. And when we understand the scriptures, we understand that I could never be good enough. I could never be good because it's only Jesus that makes me good. It's only him. So I don't have to look good by broadcasting on my social media how bad that was to show people how good I am. No, no, no. I'm not good in the first place. And that offends some of you. But I am good, Pastor Adam. But my grandma was good. And if anyone's in heaven, it's her. She was good. Not according to the scriptures. No one is righteous, not even one. But the spirit has to reveal that to us. Because we can't be in the flesh and <laughs> read that verse and be like, hallelujah, amen. <laughs> because when, when, I'm in, when I'm in my flesh and I read that verse, I'm offended. What do you mean I'm not good? What do you mean I'm not righteous? The Bible goes on to teach us that only one man was good. And he died on a cross so that you could be made alive. Notice I didn't say to make you good. He didn't come to make you good. He didn't come to make you obey a bunch of rules. He came to bring you to life. True life. Am I preaching yet? <laughs> Number three, the last one. 
our goal as followers of Jesus must be to understand fullness. To understand fullness. The fullness of God. Verse 9 and 10 of Colossians 2. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the in human body. So Jesus came, he was fully God and fully man. He was in the human body. He was God. But watch what he says in verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. We are all on the journey to understanding the fullness of God. In fact, let me just say that until you discover the fullness of God, you may feel lost. You may feel like you're not enough. You may feel like you're broken. You may feel like you're empty. But God says, I want you to be just like me And even though you aren't good, you are able to become just like me through my son, Jesus, who was unified with me, who was just like me. And you can become just like him, meaning that you're just like me. God wants you to be like him. But that requires us to die. We have to die to our flesh so that we can obey the Spirit. Stand on your feet. I want to pray with you. Everybody head back. Every eye close. Thank you for putting up with our technical difficulties this morning. Time. We have technical difficulties. I go, all right. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? Because there's an enemy filled with empty philosophy that doesn't want this message to get out. In fact, he wants to silence it. Maybe you're here and maybe you've received Jesus, but maybe it's time for you to sign up for April 30th and get baptized. Maybe it's time for you to say, I need someone to come alongside of me and walk with me and help me to become a child. Maybe you're here and it's time that you team up with an infant so that you can help them grow. Let's pray. Father, I don't know what you want to do in this place. But I'm willing to get out of the way so you can do it. Father, I pray that your spirit would move, would reveal who you are. If you're here this morning and you need someone to pray with you, my friend Dave's up here. I'll be up here. Linda's up here. They want to pray with you. But maybe you're here and your spirit is still dead. 
that's you, I want you to know that all it requires is faith in Jesus to bring your spirit alive. If you're here and you're, you're saying, Pastor Adam, I, my spirit is dead inside of me, but I want it to become alive. Would you, would you acknowledge that just by raising your hand, leaving it there just for a second so I can see it? Would you say, Pastor Adam, I need my spirit to come alive today? Is that you? Raise your hand. One, two, three, go. All right. All right. Maybe you're here and you're a spiritual infant. You haven't grown much in your journey. And you're willing to say, Pastor Adam, I must grow. No matter where you're at on the chart, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I must grow. I must grow. Father, you see the hands. You know the hearts behind the hands. You know where they're at. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow us to come alongside of people and help them grow. Lord, I pray that people that have been convicted by this message, that they would, that they would get baptized if they haven't been baptized, that they would team up with someone to be discipled if they need to be discipled. Father, I pray that whatever step they need to take, that you would give them the power and the courage to take that step. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing a song and we'll be dismissed.